0: be looking in Matthew 1 and Luke 2, but I think for our scripture reading, let's turn to Matthew chapter 1. I want to begin at verse 18 and read through the end of the chapter, so I'll ask when you find that, if you will stand in our great God's honor. Matthew 1, beginning at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Let's pray. It is that name, the name of Jesus, that is the reason for this gathering. It is the hope in a world that often seems dark. It is forgiveness and a lot of transgression. It is a new start when we feel that we are bogged down and unable to move. It is God reaching down where we are unable to reach up. And we just worship you this morning, O oh God. Take our weak efforts. Fill us with your spirit. That Jesus might be truly lifted up. You have said in your word. that uh, If I be lifted up. I will draw all men. All women to me. And that's just what we want to do Lord. You know our hearts. Guide us as we continue to worship you. I thank you for the simple story of the children, Lord, for the Christmas story. Father, you know us. Guide us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I confess this Christmas season, my heart is conflicted. Um, you know, at first glance... There, there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of pain. And entitled this message, The Paradox, and in a lot of ways, let's face it, in the Christian life, it, there's a massive paradox. I mean, on the one hand, we know that these bodies that house us, it's not all of who we are, these bodies, but they are a very vital part of who we are. The bodies that house us, they they're falling apart and, and we are headed toward eternity and we're going at, at different speeds and we'll get there at different times, but we're headed that way. And sometimes we get depressed and sometimes things look bleak. And yet the Bible says that of all people, we are the ones that have hope. We, we are the ones that have something to wake up for. Something to look forward to someone who loves us unconditionally and someone who's always willing to give us a new start that 's what we have that 's what we have in Christ, and even our tears and and you know I think uh, years ago, I remember seeing this cartoon that I loved where this this robbery had a gun. And he was pointed at this guy. And he said, give me all your treasures. And this guy had a big sack. And he was stuffing people in the sack. And, and, and he said, uh, these are my friends. Because to him, the treasure was not stuff. It, it was about special people that had impacted his life. And of course, for us, a, a tough week with two treasures of the Tri-Cities, right? Um, Miss Ruth, 97 years, and what an example, and um, like I had said at the funeral, I'll never view honey again the same after meeting Miss Ruth. She was everybody's honey, and you were her honeys, (laughs) right? And then, of course, uh, Walter, who... uh, He's our friend. What more can I say? And, uh, but there again, there is this contradiction. On the one hand, we weep. And yet we know that that weeping is temporary. For one day, we will see how alive those who have gone before us really are and how our life at the moment is a struggle one day it won't be a struggle because one day we're going to know what life really is and that is because of the lord jesus christ and as we think about christmas you know I, it doesn't tell us anywhere in the scriptures to celebrate his birth but i suppose it is just natural Because what his birth about is, he loved you too much to stay distant from you. He saw you in the mess and in the mud and in the muck. And he came. He came. That's that's Christmas. Uh, You know, many believe that the tradition of the Christmas tree that we so celebrate with lights on the Christmas tree came from Martin Luther who took candles, putting globes and hung on the Christmas tree because he wanted to be able to celebrate that light came into the dark world. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And uh, as we look at the Christmas story, man, it certainly is contradictions. You have the king of glory that comes as a helpless baby. Who rightfully deserved a throne. that started in a feeding trough. Who came and who should have been worshipped. And should have had riches of all the lands. And all he really had upon him at his death. With the clothes upon his back. He didn't own what so many of us think is so valuable. That's not why he came. And that's not what his life here was about. He had a purpose. And it just all seems a contradiction. Not only how he came. Not only how he lived. He was born into a poor family. but It wasn't about that. And as he lived. uh, He didn't stay away from people. But people ran to him. Because they knew he loved them. And, And he proved it. Not just with words. But his touch. And we still need the touch of the master's hand. Don't we? And, and, and that is just so vital. And that's what, you know, that's what Christmas is about. There are these contradictions. And you think about the fact that there's this, and we're going to look at that this morning, this young teenage girl, a virgin, has a baby. What a contradiction. And that the sinless one would eventually go to a cross. What a contradiction. It makes no sense. But the cross couldn't come without the cradle. He came here first. And, and, and that's why we celebrate. It's about the fact he came. The words to that song we love, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know your baby boy has come to make you This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak the praises of the lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? This sleeping child you're holding is the great I Am. Let's look at the text as we look at these contradictions here in Matthew 1. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. They were betrothed. They were engaged in our terms, our understanding. But their engagement was more than something that could be broken off by. uh, Just a mere decision of giving a ring back. It was a year long commitment. And they were already considered to be married during their engagement, their betrothal. And and it was during this time, a time where Joseph was preparing a home for Mary. They were considered to be legally wed. If he was to die, she would be considered a widow. That's how binding the betrothal was. And the devastating news. That we read about in the scripture. Before they came together. She was found to be with child. Through the Holy Spirit. Of course the rumors. That would spread. The whispers. Have you seen Mary's belly? It's growing. And of course evidence that. It wasn't just a matter of Mary and Joseph. Couldn't wait until. After the legal ceremony, next stage, after the betrothal, to uh, have sexual intimacy. No, uh, I mean, it could have been like David and Bathsheba. We need to hurry up and get married. We need to move the date up. But but that's not what happened. Or it, it could have been, well, you know... Mary's not faithful to you, Joseph. She's seeing somebody else. I mean, this is obvious. Matter of fact, he talked about quietly to divorce her. But he was a godly man and he, he didn't want to hurt her. Matter of fact, it tells us here, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He was a man that didn't want to strike out. Verse 20, it tells us, though, that after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I know this makes no sense to you, Joseph, but I have a plan that's bigger than what is normal. That's what he's sharing in this dream. It's through the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. (laughs) You know they would live. Mary and Joseph would live their lives though. With a broken reputation. Because the other people didn't get the dream. And the whispers would still continue. Turn me to the book of John chapter 8, verse 41. Jesus is ministering and he hears the criticism from his, from his critics, uh, from those religious teachers. Here's what they say to him. You are doing the things your own father does. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. See what they were saying? You're an illegitimate child. Jesus. This is what Mary and Joseph had to live with. This contradiction to who they were. They were godly people. But they were misunderstood by many who were around them. And yet, you come to verse 24. uh, One of the most beautiful verses in this whole passage. At the end of the chapter. When Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He obeyed. Now, this is a young couple that obeyed, but then there are a couple of other people in the Christmas story as we turn to Luke, who they were not in obedience to the Holy Spirit. Turn over to Luke chapter 2 with me. Um. Luke chapter 2, the very first verse. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the Roman world. We read about that leader of the empire. Caesar Augustus, the word Caesar basically means king or, or any name for a, a royal ruler. He was Augustus and, and he needed more tax money. And the taxation would take place in Bethlehem. Uh, The name of that town means house of bread. Isn't it interesting that the bread of life would be born in the house of bread? Uh, That's where that would occur. In that land that's uh, prophesied in the book of Micah chapter 5 verse 2. That tells us that is where the Messiah would be born. Caesar Augustus, uh, the Caesars were revered, they were treated as deity, there was a coin that had just been minted in Rome that had the very image of Caesar Augustus on that coin, and on the back of the coin were the words, the son of a God. Just before he was put into office as the next ruler of Rome. There was a comet that was seen in the sky at night for seven days. And and that was evidence to many of those in Rome that he was meant to be a great ruler. That the soul of Julius Caesar would guide him and give him the wisdom that he needed to rule. So this is the guy, Caesar Augustus, who sees himself as a messiah notice what happens. Next. Uh, verse we. When we read about this it, it is. Uh, down to verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Keeping watch. Over their flocks. At night. And these shepherds would come. And they would declare. Of. The one who was to be born, and remember, on the other part of the story, there were these magi from Persia, these these wise men of great understanding, and and they would come and they would ask the question. They'd say, "Where, where is he? Who has been born, King of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him." And it says, "When when Herod that the." the King of that locality saw this. He was troubled, and so all was Jerusalem with him. Who were these wise men? These magi from Persia. They taught the influential people of Persia, and they go all the way back to a guy named Daniel, who had had impact in Persia, who had talked about true wisdom and about the true God, and now they were coming looking for the signs. That the stars led to a Messiah who was to come. How many were there of the wise men? Scripture doesn't tell us. Uh, The old traditions talked about twelve. Of course, we talk about three. Um, Most ages probably couldn't hold twelve for Christmas plays. So maybe they cut it down to three. Or, you know, maybe because of three gifts, we came up with three. But we don't know the exact number of that great entourage That would come. And this ruler who was crazy. And when he heard the news. That the Messiah, the ruler, the promised one would come. He felt threatened. He was disturbed. Matter of fact, history tells us he killed three of his brothers. He was afraid that they would take the throne. He was visibly shaken. He was agitated. Matter of fact, as we look in the scriptures. We see... Several um, signs of reactions to the baby coming to the Messiah, the promised one. The first one that we discover is anger. That's what we see is is anger. Because of the response, he was furious. The response of Herod. He couldn't believe um, what he What he beheld in Matthew chapter 2. It tells us in verse 3. When King Herod heard this. He was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. He was visibly shaken with this news. And the truth of the king of kings coming to rule. Shakes lives. There are those who say, I I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I don't want anybody to be in charge of my life. Uh, Years ago, we had shared with my niece the gospel. And I'll never forget her response. She said, I don't want anybody to be my boss. You see, the truth of the matter is... um, We're going to stay a mess until we realize we're a mess. And we're not going to get out of the mess until we see we need a new master. And that's Jesus. Herod missed all that. He was so busy wanting to be king. He was so busy proving he was king that he missed the king. In his anger. um, There are those who say it's okay as long as we worship Jesus this time of year as a little baby. In a manger. I just don't want him to crawl out of the manger. I don't want to follow. I just want to come and leave. (laughs) And then there are those who say. It's even okay if he's on the cross. I just don't want him to come down from the cross. And go to the throne. And call the shots for my life. The second reaction that's here. Is apathy. Look here in verse 4 of Matthew. Chapter 2. He gathered the chief priests. He gathered those teachers that spent time in the scriptures. And although they were five miles from where the Messiah was to be born, there's no record they ever took the time to go visit. There's no record they ever went and searched themselves for the Messiah, for the King. That's the second response. How many people are there out there that say, yeah, I believe that Jesus really lived. I mean, I I even believe He died on a cross. I even believe He's the Savior of the world. But they've never really stopped and said, I need Him to be my Savior. They've never really stopped and considered their own personal need. There's apathy. And then there's a third response And that is adoration. Uh, Reading on here, verse 7, it says, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem. Go make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. I think they realized he wasn't on the up and up. so they didn't obey that advice. But it says, after they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped. Over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. The search was over. They knew this was the place. On coming to the house, and I want you to notice this wasn't in, this this wasn't where Jesus was born. There's some time that went by. They were now in a house. We don't know if Joseph bought this house, if he built this house, but they were in a house. They weren't in the stable. And when these wise men came, anyway, on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense, and of myrrh. And notice this says they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, and so they didn't go back that direction. They came, and they worshipped. They came, and they kneeled before Jesus. That's our choices of this Christmas. Are we going to leave here fighting God? And let me say something about that. You're not going to win in a fight against God. So um, you may not want my advice, but I'll give it to you anyway. Don't fight him. You know, the irony of it is he loves you. I have some people very dear to me, and it seems like they're in a constant fight with God. And I want to fix it so bad. I can't. What I can do, you've heard this, I can pray. Sometimes we say, well, you can pray. Like, I know, pray. Well, what else can you do? What else can you do? There are a lot of things only God can handle. And of course, um, there's a lot of stuff here only God can handle this morning, right? So don't be angry. Second, The apathy part. I mean, it's hard to say you guys are apathetic. You're here. But there are many on Christmas morning, they're not thinking about the baby that's celebrated. So our charge is, uh, let's uh, let our lives and our words show them that there's somebody that loves them very much and that's what Christmas is about. He came. He came. And the third, along with that, is worship. My prayer, my hope has been that this hour together... You know, we some of us had to break some family time to come together. But we didn't really break the time. We just moved it. Because we still came here to celebrate His family and to go back remembering what the day's about. It's about His indescribable gift... You guys didn't think you were going to get away with this, did you? 2 Corinthians 9.15, right? Say it with me. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Oh, two more times. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And what's the address? I am so proud of you guys. Second, Merry Christmas. That's my present, isn't it? Amen. Well, we have an invitation to come as it calls. Or maybe some of you that want to, you know, bring a gift of a mission offering to the manger. There may be some of you that want to come to this altar and pray. The altar's always open. Because we have a God who who's never too busy to hear, to listen. And so we can come. Or whatever other decision that may need to be made. Or just to run to Him. With our hurts, our needs, for forgiveness, for strength. He knows it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this special day. It is a paradox, Lord. At first glance, it doesn't seem like there's a lot to celebrate. But boy, when we look, there is an indescribable gift that came from you thanks be to God for his indescribable gift and so Lord that's why we're here for the gift may no one leave without that gift and may we not leave without our minds clearly on the gift we thank you for the gifts we've been able to exchange or will exchange but we thank you most of all for the gift you gave your son as we stand as we sing May we obey you. In Christ's name, amen.